Hello and welcome to Hari Cuts. I'm Hari Stephen Kumar, and it's the global pandemic of 2020. You, like me, are probably stuck inside, you're isolated, you're quarantined, and probably, like me, bored out of your mind. Now, as bad as things might be for us who are stuck inside, I guarantee you that there's one place outside that none of us want to be in right now, and that is on a cruise ship. That's right, cruise ships. Cruise ships are terrible places. They were terrible places before this pandemic, and of course now we all know the reasons why they're even more terrible to be on. But what I thought I'd do is instead of me ranting about cruise ships, I thought I'd actually read for you one of my favorite authors, David Foster Wallace, who actually wrote this amazing essay called A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, back in 1996, and it was about how terrible cruise ships are. So for the next few episodes of this podcast, what I want to do is read for you this essay section by section. Now, it's a little challenging reading David Foster Wallace. He's a fantastic author. I love his writing, uh, partly because his writing is very nonlinear. In the middle of his essay, he'll have these footnotes that are just these delightful little tangents. Well, not so little. Sometimes he goes on and on and on. Some of these tangents are mini-essays in and of themselves with their own footnotes. Um, but the premise of this essay is just such an incredibly timely premise. Uh, back in 96, Harper's Magazine sends David Foster Wallace on a cruise, uh, on a seven-night cruise, and asks him to write about it. And in his typical David Foster Wallace way, he just entirely rips apart the entire cruise industry. So, I thought that would be something appropriate to read in these times when there are many articles that you're reading about how terrible cruise ships are. Without further ado, I give you David Foster Wallace from 1996, a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. Section 1. Right now, it's Saturday, 18th March, and I'm sitting in the extremely full coffee shop of the Fort Lauderdale Airport, killing the four hours between when I had to be off the cruise ship and when my flight to Chicago leaves by trying to summon up a kind of hypnotic, sensuous collage of all the stuff I've seen and heard and done as a result of the journalistic assignment just ended. I have seen Sucrose beaches and water a very bright blue. I have seen an all-red leisure suit with flared lapels. I have smelled what suntan lotion smells like spread over 21,000 pounds of hot flesh. I have been addressed as Mon in three different nations. I have watched 500 upscale Americans dance the electric slide. I have seen sunsets that looked computer-enhanced and a tropical moon that looked more like a sort of obscenely large and dangling lemon than like the good old stony U.S. moon I'm used to. I have very briefly, joined the conga line. I've got to say, I feel like there's been a kind of Peter principle in effect on this assignment. A certain swanky East Coast magazine approved of the results of sending me to a plain old simple state fair last year to do a directionless essayish thing. 
So now I get offered this tropical plum assignment with the exact same paucity of direction or angle. But this time, there's this new feeling of pressure. Total expenses for the state fair were $27, excluding games of chance. This time, Harper's has shelled out over 3,000 US dollars before seeing pithy sensuous description one. They keep saying, on the phone, shipped ashore, very patiently, not to fret about it. They are sort of disingenuous, I believe, these magazine people. They say all they want is a sort of really big experiential postcard. Go! Plow the Caribbean in style! Come back! Say what you have seen! I have seen a lot of really big white ships. I have seen schools of little fish with fins that glow. I have seen a toupee on a 13-year-old boy. The glowing fish liked to swarm between our hull and the cement of the pier whenever we docked. I have seen the north coast of Jamaica. I have seen and smelled all 145 cats inside the Ernest Hemingway residence in Key West, Florida. I now know the difference between straight bingo and prizo, and what it is when a bingo jackpot, quote, snowballs. I have seen camcorders that practically required a dolly. I have seen fluorescent luggage and fluorescent sunglasses and Florence's pincenets and over 20 different makes of rubber thong. I have heard steel drums and eaten conch fritters and watched a woman in silver lame projectile vomit inside a glass elevator. I have pointed rhythmically at the ceiling to the 2-4 beat of the exact same disco music I hated pointing at the ceiling to in 1977. I have learned that there are actually intensities of blue beyond very, very bright blue. I've eaten more and classier food than I've ever eaten, and eaten this food during a week when I've also learned the difference between, quote, rolling in heavy seas and, quote, pitching in heavy seas. I have heard a professional comedian tell folks without irony, quote, but seriously. I have seen fuchsia pantsuits and menstrual pink sport coats and maroon and purple warm-ups and white loafers worn without socks. I have seen professional blackjack dealers so lovely they make you want to run over to their table and spend every last nickel you've got playing blackjack. I have heard upscale adult U.S. citizens ask the guest relations, relations desk whether snorkeling necessitates getting wet, whether the ski shooting will be held outside, whether the crew sleeps on board, and what time the midnight buffet is. I now know the precise mixological difference between a slippery nipple and a fuzzy navel. I know what a coco loco is. I have, in one week, been the object of over 1,500 professional smiles. I have burned and peeled twice. 
I have shot skeet at sea. Is this enough? At the time, it didn't seem like enough. I have felt the full, clothy weight of a subtropical sky. I have jumped a dozen times at the shattering, flatulence of the gods sound of a cruise ship's horn. I have absorbed the basics of mahjong, seen part of a two-day rubber of contract bridge, learned how to secure a life jacket over a tuxedo, and lost at chess to a nine-year-old girl. Actually, it was more like I shot at skeet at sea. I have dickered over trinkets with malnourished children. I now know every conceivable rationale and excuse for somebody spending over $3,000 to go on a Caribbean cruise. I have bitten my lip and declined Jamaican pot from an actual Jamaican. I have seen, one time, from an upper deck's rail, way below and off the right rear hull, what I believe to have been a hammerhead shark's distinctive fin, addled by the starboard turbine's Niagarakal wake. I have now heard, uh, and I'm powerless to describe, reggae elevator music. I have learned what it is to become afraid of one's own toilet. I have acquired sea legs and would like now to lose them. I have tasted caviar and concurred with a little kid sitting next to me that it is blocky. I now understand the term duty-free. I now know the maximum cruising speed of a cruise ship in knots. Footnote one. The footnote reads, though I never did get clear on just what a knot is. And by the way, David Foster Wallace's writing has all these beautiful footnotes in there, and uh, it's a challenge to read these footnotes. And what I'm going to do is, when it's appropriate to actually read the footnote with the text, I'm going to dive into the footnote, read it, and come back out to the main text. Other times, I'm just going to mention that there's a footnote and come back and read the footnote later. Back to this paragraph. I now know the maximum cruising speed of a cruise ship in knots, though I never did get clear just what a knot is. I have had escargot, duck, baked Alaska, salmon with fennel, a marzipan pelican, and an omelette made with what were alleged to be trace amounts of Etruscan truffle. I have heard people in deck chairs say in all earnestness that it's the humidity rather than the heat. I have been, thoroughly, professionally, and as promised beforehand, pampered. I have, in dark moods, viewed and logged every type of erythema, keratinosis, pre-melanomic lesion, liver spot, eczema, wart, papular cyst, pot belly, femoral cellulite, varicosity, collagen and silicone enhancement, bad tint, hair transplants that have not taken, i.e., I have seen nearly naked a lot of people I would prefer not to have seen nearly naked. I have felt as bleak as I have felt since puberty, and have filled almost three mead notebooks trying to figure out whether it was them or just me. I have acquired and nurtured a potentially lifelong grudge against the ship's hotel manager, whose name was Mr. Dermatis, 
whom I now and henceforth christen Mr. Dermatitis, footnote two, an almost reverent respect for my waiter, and a searing crush on the cabin steward for my part of deck ten's port hallway, Petra, she of the dimples and broad candid brow, who always wore a nurse's starched and rustling whites and smelled of the cedary Norwegian disinfectant she swapped bathrooms down with, and who cleaned my cabin within a centimeter of its life at least ten times a day, but could never be caught in the actual act of cleaning, a figure of magical and abiding charm, and well worth a postcard all her own. That's the end of section one of this essay. I'm going to go back and read footnote two, which is right where he talks about the hotel manager, whose name was Mr. Dermitis, and whom I now and henceforth christened Mr. Dermatitis, footnote two. Somewhere he had gotten the impression I was an investigative journalist and wouldn't let me see the galley, bridge, staff decks, anything, or interview any of the crew or staff in an on-the-record way. And he wore sunglasses inside and epaulets and kept talking on the phone for long stretches of time in Greek when I was in his office after I'd skipped the karaoke semifinals in the rendezvous lounge to make a special appointment to see him. I wish him ill. That's the end of section one of A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again by David Foster Wallace. Next episode, section two, where we actually get to learn a little bit more about this this cruise ship that David Foster Wallace finds himself stuck in. Until then, ah, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, stay human. Thank you.